Streaming giant Netflix paid just $553,000 in tax in Australia in 2020, according to figures published by ASIC. Trump change for a business that saw a 17% boost in revenue from Australian subscribers over the lockdown. But Netflix isn't the only streaming giant to shy away from a hefty tax bill. Spotify, the Swedish music streaming platform, recorded no income from subscribers in Australia in 2020. Mysterious, given they reported $129 million of premium revenue from local subscribers paid in 2016. Australia has had a touchy relationship with multinationals since the economy was largely open to the world during the Hawke-Keating years. But now that distinction between those well-known multinationals in particularly primary industries such as Rio Tinto or Adani Mining and the new age arrivals like Facebook, Google, Netflix and Spotify is making the argument about why less corporate tax gives Australia a competitive advantage a little harder to argue. Joining me today to discuss this is Associate Professor Roman Lannis, Associate Professor of the Accounting Discipline Group at the UTS Business School and one of the engineers of Australia's multinational anti-avoidance legislation in 2015. Along with Spotify, the latest information about a global multinational is that streaming video giant Netflix paid just $553,000 in tax in Australia in 2020. So they saw a 17% boom in local revenue last year. Obviously, the entire country forced to stay on the couch during lockdown. So regarding multinational taxing, one of the strategies that's been employed in Australia that you've obviously done a lot of research on yourself is the multinational anti-avoidance legislation or MAL, uh, which was enacted by the Tax Laws Amendment uh, in 2015 or the Tax Laws Amendment Act in 2015. So just to start off the beginning of the conversation, can you explain this legislation and what the intended effect was? Yes, so the legislation, the intended effect, well, the intended effect of the legislation was to, to prevent what you've just pretty much mentioned. Basically, even prior to Spotify and Netflix, we obviously have a lot of other multinationals operating in Australia, like Google, Uber, Airbnb, etc., who claim to be sort of technology platforms rather than something else. Uber, in particular, I believe they're not a car com- company. They said they're a technology platform, and what they used to do prior to 2015, at least the prior to the legislation becoming effective, I think. I think the the following year, 2016 or 2017, they essentially sold the services into Australia. And it's pretty much what's happened with Spotify and Netflix is they are primarily selling services. Uh, We've got to differentiate between them and, for example, other tech companies like Apple, actually, or, or even Amazon, who do actually sell goods aside from services. Anyway, so... What they used to do is they used, well, and they still do, they would sell services to Australians, businesses, individuals, whatever. And uh, however, the, the revenues from those services, the so-called technology platform that was selling the services was actually operated by by a foreign subsidiary of uh, Google or Uber or Airbnb, whatever. Um, and it was operated primarily from... Uh, 
a tax haven jurisdiction or a jurisdiction that then enabled an easy sort of uh, transfer to a tax haven, particularly days in Europe, in Holland, Ireland, uh, Luxembourg, sort of the, you know, the, the, the sort of, they're not specifically defined as tax havens, uh, but sort of countries which eventually, you know, enabled these companies to to pay, where, you know, to pay lower uh, tax rates. It was this idea of what we call permanent establishment, which is more of a legal term. And permanent establishment simply is an idea whereby as long as you do business in a particular country, uh, you have a permanent establishment, whether that business is done by a local company. Okay, so th- th- that would be a subsidiary of Google that's actually incorporated sorry, in Australia, or if it's actually done via another Google company that's incorporated outside of Australia. And obviously, you know, it, you, your platform is on the internet and who actually owns it, which subsidiary makes, you know, it, it makes no difference to the platform itself, it makes a difference for tax purposes. And, and that's what they used to do. I mean, it was, a, you know, this argument that's been presented today uh, regarding Spotify and, and Netflix. To be honest, I think Spotify is probably just as big as Netflix, the biggest video. But yes, yeah, so those same arguments you know, were heard three, four, five years ago about Google. There was a, a Senate inquiry into tax avoidance and I came, well, I spoke before that inquiry and those issues were raised. And that's why the MAL or the Multinational Anti-Avoidance Legislation came into being, which simply it was about this permanent establishment idea. So what it basically stated was that, uh, you know, it doesn't matter you know which which subsidiary, whether it's in Australia or overseas, which owns the platform. As long as there is business being done in Australia or any of those services being sold to Australians, essentially that creates a permanent establishment. And for tax purposes, any revenues from that have to be have to be recorded in Australia, okay, or have to be. Uh, booked with the ATO or have to go on a tax return to the ATO. That's what Mal was all about. And and we did do some research. And uh, believe it or not, we looked at Google, Facebook, think a few others, sort of these technology service uh, type multinational, primarily U.S. companies. We looked at these companies, I think, uh, a year after, two years after in that, in that paper that you mentioned, after Mal came into effect. Their revenues, believe it or not, I think quadrupled in some cases. I mean, Facebook was very similar to what what you mentioned about Spotify, Netflix uh, that came out today. They had very very similar revenues. I think in Australia, under a hundred million or something, whilst their, their actual revenues probably in the billions, close to a billion. And same same with Google. And yes, and we found out that you know we looked at their revenues or their financial statements and their, and their their actual what we call tax income through the ATO disclosures, and it it tripled, quadrupled in some cases. Uh, and we did conclude in that paper that Mouse seems to have worked or had the correct effect, uh, whether they actually paid more tax or not, is that's a more complex story. But in that in that sense, it did work. So that's why when I did read it in the paper today that Netflix and Spotify have, you know, have been basically disclosing very little revenues to the ATO in Australia through their subsidiaries. And this, and again, this was the case with 
Facebook and Google in the past, their local subsidiaries were essentially just marketing arms. They were marketing the services. They weren't selling the services. So, you know, they weren't. So, in that sense, there were hardly any revenues. Or whatever revenues there were, were actually what we call related party transfers from from overseas subsidiaries to keep these marketing local subsidiaries going, more or less, because they didn't really earn anything. Yeah, it was a similar story, and I suspect, you know, Spotify, Netflix, that seems to be, again, I've been, you know, it's only come out today, I haven't had a detailed look at their financial statements, but that seems to be going on, that seems to be a very, very similar line that's happening uh, in this case, which is a bit surprising, but I suspect uh, because the because we do have legislation on it now, I suspect the ATO will probably be onto it fairly quickly. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, both Spotify and Netflix are not already under audit, and unfortunately, you know, the ATO doesn't tell us who which companies they do order, they do what the outcomes are. But I suspect that would be the case because certainly Facebook the Facebooks and Googles, they were you know, they were they were under investigation even before the legislation by the ATO. But now that that now that there is that legislation it just gives the ATO far more tools and the ability to, you know, tackle those types of issues. But it is surprise very surprising that they well, on the one hand, it's surprising. On the other hand, I mean, we do know that multinationals kind of are brazen in many respects until until they you know, until they are stopped. And I did read, I think, um, some of the local representatives of Spotify or Netflix saying, you know, we comply with all the tax laws everywhere, blah blah blah. They don't exactly say which tax laws they're complying and what they're not complying with. It it appears to be, particularly in Spotify's case, it appears to be quite a elaborate paper trail. Um, they've very quietly shifted their subscription revenue out of Australia and are now funneling that revenue through their head office in Sweden, uh, which means that when they filed documents to ASIC, uh, they recorded no income from subscribers in Australia in 2020. How, how exactly does this work? How can we, particularly with the legislation that we have in place in Australia, how is Spotify still able to channel its domestic revenue through its Swedish head office? Yeah, it's very strange. I mean, uh, we did the research, and it's not. It may not be easy to find for for the average person, but certainly with uh, with Facebook and Google, we knew the subsidiaries to which, and as I said, they were registered back then. I believe in Holland from memory, Luxembourg. We knew the subsidiaries to which the revenues actually earned in Australia by selling services to Australians were booked. So. You know, all you needed to do was a bit of research. I'm not saying it's something that's fairly simple for the average person, but the research was done. Excuse me, and I suspect if anyone follows, the, as, you, as you say, the paper trail to that Swedish company, I mean, it's it's uh, it'll it'll be obvious that what's going on is that Swedish company, for what for whatever reason, I'm not sure why Sweden Sweden actually has relatively high corporate taxes, but I mean, God knows why it's why it's a Swedish subsidiary that's doing this, but uh, I would suspect you know that there is a reason there. You'd be able to see that what they're selling to Australians, the, the technology platform is owned by that Swede, Swedish subsidiary, and therefore, theoretically, there, it's that Swedish subsidiary that's booking revenues with the tax authorities in Sweden. Again, I'm not sure what the logic is, if it is Sweden, because Sweden is not exactly a lowly taxed um, uh, jurisdiction, but who knows what's going on there? But that's yeah, that's that's how that's how it works. 
But then again, as you said, we do have laws against that. So the ATO, it actually has the tools now, whereas before it didn't. You know, so it can actually claw back a lot of that because for years, Facebook and Google, the the, the amount of tax probably foregone in Australia prior to, you know, the, the mal legislation was huge. I don't know, billions perhaps, you know, and we you can't claw that back because, you know, because they were doing it before mal. I mean, as I said, since mal, we've seen an improvement. Uh, but I think hopefully this time, because mal has, has been around for a few years at least, hopefully the ATO will uh, will be able to claw all that back because, yeah, I, I don't quite understand how they're able to get away with it. I mean, you know, I don't want to say their accountants or whatever are not just are uninformed or whatever, but uh, but it's very strange. Or 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 maybe the scheme is 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 extremely sophisticated. It's just it, it's hard to it's hard. I don't, I, I don't understand how they can justify that they're complying with the law unless it's a very very sophisticated scheme that that kind of is even able to op, you know go around the mal legislation. But but you know they, they, I wouldn't be surprised either. I wouldn't be surprised either. They have lawyers and and all, and, and and accountants working for them twenty four seven. You know so who knows. Mm. And it has a very trickle-down economics aspect to it, in a sense. And obviously, successive liberal governments in Australia over the last 12 years have argued across a range of industries, primarily in primary industries and, and mining, that an increase in corporate taxes would ruin Australia's competitive advantage. Now, that old understanding that less tax equals more profits, which equals better pay and investment domestically, has certainly aged. Um, and obviously, with the new teeth that have been installed at the ATO to allow them to actually pursue some of these multinationals, do you think that it's one thing to argue as the government that taxing multinational mining and primary industry corporations has a, a positive effect upon Australia's primary industry workforce? Is it an entirely different thing to argue that being a happy hunting ground for streaming platforms in particular that you've already mentioned offer a service as opposed to a good, is there, should there be a very clear distinction in the legislation that separates service providers from other forms of, of multinational? Form you can operate it from anywhere, and so it makes it a lot easier. Or, albeit, not that not to say that companies like Apple and various others, uh, multinationals that sell goods, haven't tried to avoid tax as well. They have, but they've just used somewhat different schemes um, and, and various Energy company, uh, multinational energy companies operating in Australia as well. I mean, they've also avoided tax clearly, uh, and uh, you know they've just used somewhat different schemes. You know, so, so the, the, the idea was that that mal legislation would eliminate that or kind of make it as you know make it less simple for the service uh, companies, the multinational service companies, to do this. But again, it's it's, it's I do find it strange because. I mean, as I don't know if you had a look at our conclusion in that paper we wrote. I mean, we kind of concluded Mal seems to have worked in general. But you know, Spotify, Netflix. I, my suspicion with those two. I mean, I mean, Netflix has been in Australia what a couple of years only. I, I from memory. I mean, I remember I got Netflix. It's only been a few years. Spotify probably hasn't been here for too long either. So they are kind of relatively new entrants into Australia. And I don't know. Maybe it's just maybe it's just that you know they haven't. We haven't had any flags raised 
yet because they've only been here for a bit and their revenues probably, as you said, I think at the beginning have skyrocketed since COVID, probably since last year, because people are streaming more of everything at home. So I don't know, maybe it's just, you know, we're we're the new kids on the block. Let's see how it goes. But as the new kids on the block, do you think it's important to mark a line in the sand from the get-go as opposed to allowing these companies into Australia and observing from a distance the ways in which they try to avoid our our tax regime and then learning from that experience, is it far more sort of ethical really and, and better in the interest of, of Australia to have that legislation once Netflix, Spotify and any other multinational company arrives on our doorstep to do business? Because that's essentially what the legislation was designed to do in 2015, was was to give a benchmark to these multinational companies so they understood the minute they began business in, in Australia that this is the tax regime and, and this is, these are the laws that you have to abide by. Do you think it almost fundamentally defeats the purpose of the legislation to argue that we need to learn how these companies are operating within that system and then tweak the rules accordingly. But, you know, that's always been the case with tax law. I mean, it's especially in Australia when it comes to multinationals. We have always been, We have. it seems that we have always been a number of steps behind. I mean, for example, Apple, I mean, Apple is a very old tech company, even though it's still it's the largest company around, but they've been doing what they've been doing, you know, for 20, 30 years. Uh, their schemes, you know, that those schemes were invented back in, in, in the 90s even. And in Australia, we kind of, thanks to some of the stuff I've done and various other researchers, you know, there's, in Australia, we've only kind of started to do something, I don't know, three, four years ago about, I mean, we've, we've all, we have always been very far behind in terms of uh, being proactive. I mean, there are pretty, but I think a lot of the countries have as well. You know, I mean, even the US has problems um, <laughs> making sure their own multinationals, and they have a lot of them, obviously, pay pay their fair share in the US, even, even at the expense of Australia, for example. Plus, of course, you know, we should be more proactive, but that's unfortunately, that's just been the way things have been done. On the other hand, as well, you know, we can't, we can't make these companies, I guess, do things as soon as they come into Australia. I mean, we are sort of, you know, we're a free country and at, at some point, you know, they, you know, they're allowed to run their own affairs, obviously. We can't mandate that type of thing. Honestly, I think, uh, I mean, we do have the tools and, you know, when they come in, they, they are. These multinationals, they, I don't know what it is about them, but, but it's, you know, it's, a lot of them are U.S. multinationals. They just, as soon as they, you know, as soon as they start selling outside of the U.S., it also has to do with U.S. tax law as well. They, they kind of just start playing these tax avoidance games. And, you know, at the same time, you can understand it. They, they, they are profit-maximizing companies. Some of them have shareholders. Some of these are not even public, of course, yet. So I mean, they'll, you know, it's a, it's it's you know, they try to maximise profits, and of course, if you pay less tax, that's going to increase your profits. It just seems to be something that they all do. Some do more, some do less. You know, I, I don't think we can stop it even before they come in or as soon as they come into Australia. Look, we have laws now. We probably need. Yes, I agree with you. We probably need more laws uh, because. 
as I said to you, even though the, the Mao legislation has worked with the more, you know, the, the older sort of uh, technology companies like Facebook and and, uh, and and Google, there's going to be a lot more companies coming in. And it's not, it's not even though there's more revenue now being booked in Australia, there's still a question whether they're actually paying their fair share of tax. Because a company like Apple, it's always booked all of its revenues, whatever it sells in Australia, it has no choice because it pretty much sells you know, goods. It has to book in Australia. But they've still avoided tax by other methods, in particular in relation to transfer pricing. And, and that's a big issue as well. You know? So, so you're, you're quite correct. There's still a lot more that needs to be done. Uh, but we'll, but you know we'll probably always be behind the eight ball, as they say, when it comes to this. But the main thing is to have laws in place. Well, accounting seems to occupy a unique place between the realms of dry, data-driven reality and the smoke and mirrors of a magic show. As Professor Lannis makes clear, Australia's anti-avoidance legislation could have the opposite effect, giving multinationals a rigorous guide on how not to pay tax. For Netflix and Spotify, it isn't hard to imagine that such publicity over the size of their respective tax bills could inspire a visit by the ATO. Well, that's all for today's episode of Think Business Futures. Think Business Futures is produced in the studios of 2SER in Sydney on Gadigal land of the Eora Nation and produced with the assistance of the UTS Business School. You can catch all our episodes online wherever you get your podcasts. I've been your host, Max Tillman. I'll see you again next week.